Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Hi, everyone. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, this week, I have a colleague uh, with me. Hi, Leslie. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Roxanne. How are you? Good, good. Leslie and I um, recently had the privilege of uh, speaking, actually, uh, locally at uh, uh, an event called Disrupt Niagara, at which point I was uh, privileged to listen to her on stage and was impressed and wanted her to come out and chat with us a little bit. So her business is called Positive Forward Motion, Inc. Uh, Leslie is a leadership development consultant, a coach and a trainer, and she's revered as an emotional intelligence specialist, something that I think most organizations need more of. Uh, and she brings a warm, dynamic, and impactful approach to her coaching, facilitation, and speaking events. She's a former high education administrator and leader of people and departments. She works with individuals and organizations to increase their leadership capacity in her niche. That's her niche, sorry. Building emotionally intelligent, high-performing, skilled professionals, leaders, and organizations is her mission. Fostering awareness of self and others, optimizing individual and collective emotional intelligence and increasing adaptab adaptability and tolerance in times of change and stress is her deliverable. So thank you, thank you. So Leslie, let's, let's talk a little bit about, and I know from spending time and we off, just recently also spent a couple of hours driving back together from the Canadians <laughs> Professional Association uh, of Professional Speakers in London. So we had a couple of hours together. So tell me about your path. You've had quite a unique path, um, and I know you've been in corporate and uh, things like that. What, what kind of made you want to get into uh, working with leadership? Um, well, that's a great question, and thank you for that lovely introduction. I really appreciate that. Um, so my path is um, much like uh, most of my life. It has not been um, a seamless I'm going to decide what I'm going to do and go forward with it. It's really been sort of a, a evolution of self-discovery and, um, and career discovery. So um, way back in my um, early days, I started at uh, my undergraduate degree is in international development and history. And so I started at um, in the college sector in post-secondary education in the international department, working with domestic students going overseas. And so my role was managing this program to get them ready to be overseas and be successful, to be personally and professionally successful. So they really had to feel empowered to be the leader of their own life because they wouldn't have that you know, support with them. So throughout that journey um, in that area, I, uh, I developed a, a leadership development program. Then I went on to, <clears throat> excuse me, then I went on to um, do my master's of organizational leadership um, and organizational development. And that kind of really blew my, my world right up. And so from there, I moved into um, developing more leadership programming uh, within the college sector, as well as um, engagement programming and, uh, um, and really how do, we, how do we engage and maximize the potential of our own life. Uh, through that, uh, somebody who uh, 
uh, was uh, one of my mentors in the uh, executive team, um, saw something about coaching and she said, that's what you need to do, Leslie. That is exactly you. So I was like, hmm, let me let me look into that. So uh, lo and behold, I fell in love with that. Uh, got my coaching designation, got my ACC designation within the ICF, the International Coaching Federation. And from there, really, it just sort of started blooming into um, working one-on-one with folks um, and then going into organizations and teams. People would just ask me. At this point, I was also um, working full-time in a really high-paced corporate role um, that I loved. Uh, So I was trying to fit it all in. And then uh, um, over the last you know, while, I, I, I made the big step and uh, went out as an entrepreneur. And now that's what I do. I work with individuals, teams, organizations to uh, increase their positive energy, positive emotional intelligence, and uh, you know, really just imp- improve quality of life um, and workplaces through uh, addressing organizational culture. So let's, let's talk about, you know, I think all of us, first of all, including me, <laughs> um, energy is a commodity, right? Like, I mean, it's something that, you know, some days you get up and you're like, whoa, I'm on top of the world. On other days, you kind of weave and wane. Would you, would you? Absolutely. So when you go into organizations and uh, what, what capacity might, might they have you in to kind of look at things like emotional intelligence? I want you to define emotional intelligence for some people that maybe don't know what it is and how that impacts energy. Yeah. Oh, great, great question. Um, So emotional intelligence sort of in a high level, in a nutshell, is our ability to self-regulate and self-manage our own emotions, as well as in a very healthy way, interact with others and their emotions, notice them, empathy, um, healthy assertiveness, um, our own self-regard. The key to understanding um, how emotional intelligence can work for us or against us is um, we're all emotionally intelligent or we believe ourselves to be, but it's how are we when there's stress or conflict um, or something triggering us at that point, then how are we tapping into our emotional intelligence, right? And that's really around where folks would either bring me into their world to do one-on-one coaching to talk about emotional intelligence or bring into the organizations. So I have a proprietary program um, that's positive forward motion in the fast lane and fast stands for frustrations, assumptions, stresses, and triggers. And I don't know about you, Roxanne, but I know I have a few of those on some days. (laughs) So, um, and when we're in a leadership position, and and even if we're just the leaders of our own lives, um, it's how are we, how are we thriving and staying really emotionally intelligent and, and, positive energy when we're being triggered. Now that doesn't mean, to your point, that we don't wake up some days, even me, who people are like, do you always have so much energy? Uh, No, (laughs) yes and no, right? It's a choice and I'll I'll get to that after, but um, some days we wake up and we really need to just kind of what I call turtle. (laughs) We need to just, Mm -hmm. you know, be by ourselves or or stay stay quiet and, and protect our own energy. And sometimes we're just grumpy. (laughs) And that's okay, right? The first key to um, really being emotionally intelligent is honoring and accepting our emotions. Because once we honor and accept them, then we can deal with them. If we're pretending we don't have them, or if we're pushing them down, it's what I call emotional whack-a-mole. Like we push down an emotion and it pops up over here as a fight with our spouse or our family or a friend or we push something down over here and we end up snapping at somebody in the grocery store or crying at a commercial right our emotions need 
to be honored and that's in life and that's in the workplace. So really having a way to understand your triggers and that's what the positive forward motion programming does. It's in a, in a very safe way and confidential, obviously um, all coaching is confidential. And then when I work with organizations, um, this kind of information, even if we're doing a workshop, this stays confidential to the person. It's a little bit of that inner work, um, but really starting to understand what, what is triggering us, what's making us hot under the collar. And then, um, and then from there, there's an index of seven sort of buckets of uh, emotional um, emotions or categories of where we, where our emotions are going to fall. So on this energy leadership index, um, then that's when I said, you can start making a choice. Then you can say, okay, am I feeling level one? Am I feeling level two? Am I level five today? Right? Where am I or where am I right now? And what am I going to do about it? Right? So it's really once you can understand that, that index and your emotional intelligence, then you get to make the decisions in a very conscious way of what you're going to do with it. Right. And this from, from a leadership position, this is critical, right? Because there's always eyes on you. I always say you're like the flight attendants of an organization, right? Or of your team, they're looking at you, right? So if you panic, if there's a big change coming and you panic, <clears throat> they're going to panic. But if you're able to manage your own emotions and then help regulate the emotions of the folks that are either on your team, then it's win-win, right? You're already on your way to a more positive culture. Because absolutely as a, uh, you know, being around a lot of leaders or also being a leader myself. Absolutely. It was such, uh, you were constantly, quote unquote, the pivot point in, 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 on the team because if I acted badly, yep. there was a, like a peripheral effect of all the team members. And, but if I was able to kind of help them understand that hey, this is a tough time mm -hmm. and, and allow them in to say, I'm going to do the best I can with what, what's going on um, and what do you need from me? Sometimes I find that a lot of leaders are disconnected from that space because oftentimes the higher up you get up in the, in the hierarchy, um, you know, the perception is that person has um, a bit less responsibility to connect. Do you agree with that mm -hmm. statement? Um, so do you say the perception is that they have yeah, it's almost like if I'm the CEO versus if I'm the frontline manager to some degree, um, I often say that, you know, we all still want to relate to the CEO, the senior, uh, senior team, um, and obviously the frontline and the middle managers. But sometimes the perception is uh, that they're allowed to be a, a little bit less connected Oh, that's interesting. Some of the best um, higher level leaders, CEOs, C-suites, executives um, are really the ones that really understand exactly what you were just describing, that really empathetic um, uh, connection to people. Even just remembering names in the hall, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they need to sort of jump into their, um, into their life and know, uh, you know their husband or wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, family's names. Um, but really just, hey, Leslie, hey, Roxanne, good to see you. How's it going in that department? Some of the best leaders that I've, that I've had the honor to work with and for, um, as well as ones that have been narrated to me, are really those ones, regardless of what level you're at, they're really still maintaining that interpersonal connection. And interpersonal is one of the um, sub-competencies within um, emotional intelligence that makes them 
very, very successful. Mm -hmm. And if you can hone that interpersonal, you actually have a lot more, you have a better chance of um, promotion, retention, and engagement. Just one more thing that you mentioned there, when you were describing that situation, um, you were describing a very empathetic leader, which is another really key thing. Mm -hmm. if, if we want our folks to work hard um, as a leader, they need to want to do it for the leader, mm -hmm. right? And so if you are having those really understanding and empathetic conversations with them and that relationship building with them, then you are, again, through that, like another sub-competency is uh, empathy of uh, emotional intelligence, then you're really increasing your emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, though, one of the um, first emotional intelligent competencies to go when uh, when we're frustrated or we're in the fast lane is empathy. That's when we really start, then it becomes, whoosh, we put up our blinders and then it's all about, oh, this person did this or I'm feeling this. We're really, we, we really start to um, close our, our worldview. And uh, from a leadership perspective, we do it too, right? That's, that's life, we're humans. Um, but at that point, that's when you need to start tapping in and say, okay, from a consciousness level, Am I being empathetic in this situation? Right. Do you, so I'm going to tell you, I've had a bit of both experiences working with companies okay. uh, in my, in, as an executive, there were either really, really good uh, empathetic connected leaders or the ones that when they became, when they got under pressure, um, what happened, unfortunately, they, re, they were reactive. So do you, do you think there's more of a tempo now um, in organizations to accept uh, emotional intelligence as a, as a basic metric for productivity. Oh, absolutely. That's such a great point. So I would say even over the last year or so, um, a lot of organizations that have brought me in um, either to do one-on-one -on -one coaching, and that's a positive thing. Just folks, they, they, they uh, sometimes worry that if they're um, tapped for uh, leadership or executive coaching, that they've done something wrong. It's really, it's an honor, right? Like they're mm. usually saying there's a great potential here and we want to, you know, foster that. So don't think if you get tapped for coaching that, uh, that that's uh, necessarily a bad thing. Um, but what a lot of folks do, if I'm working with teams, it could be individuals or if I'm doing workshops with teams, they're actually building starting to build the goals and outcomes that we set in our workshops right into whatever their version of um, their performance management is. So that um, no longer are we, what I like to call sidelining the fluff. Um, it's bringing the fluff or the soft skills to the forefront and they're really building those in because what can happen is if we have those, for lack of a better word, I'll say um, bad behaviors or catabolic energy, so catabolic behavior, so that negative, a little bit lower level, um, not great energy. Um, if we let that run free in the, in the workplace um, without addressing it uh, and per, co put coaching or performance measures around it, then that starts to spread in the workplace and then that becomes really contagious. Right. And from there, mm -hmm. so that, as you know, that was uh, our, um, what I did my disrupt HR talk on. So, you know, a little bit about this um, from that conversation, but we really want to identify it um, in a, in a positive, positive forward motion or a positive constructive way, mm -hmm. sort of building that into uh, our folks development plans and our own development plans, right. To understand where, where we're falling and, and what we can do about it. So that's amazing. So let's talk a little bit. Would you mind talking about the level, the different levels of energy? Because oh, I, 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 <laughs> I would love to. 
because I think that's, that's the part uh, that I find fascinating. And, you know, I think uh, sometimes people are unaware that they're unaware, right? <laughs> and fact, then, sorry, go ahead. Sometimes, you know, um, and then you think, oh, I'm doing this pretty good. And then you realize, oh, actually, I'm, 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 I didn't realize I was doing this or whatever. So I'd love to hear the different levels. Okay. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to assume people listening also would like to know about those different levels and kind of where we, you know, I'm going to be thinking, where do I sit? Yeah. Well, that will make my day. If you start thinking <laughs> in levels, ah! um, one thing before I get started in the levels that you just said about, we don't always know what we don't know. Um, Harvard business or Harvard university did a study and they found that 47% of our time is lost to unconscious thought. 47%, which means 47% of the time, we don't even know what kinds of energy or signs or signals we're putting it out into the world. Right. And so a lot of the training that I do really sort of has a, a multi-pronged approach. One is, um, in, so that we understand our, our emotional intelligence and the, what we're sending, the energy we're sending out into the world um, as one. Two, we want to claw back a bit of that 47% of the time, be more mindful, that mindful leadership, being a mindful leader of your own life, being mindful in your organizations, so that we're clawing back and owning more of that 47%, right? We, we want more than half of a day in our own lives. Um, and then, um, the third part is, uh, is, okay, so what can we do now that we know better? Uh, is it Maya Angelou? Now that we know better, do better. Once you know better, do better. Okay. So that's, that's really interesting. Like when I think 47% of the time, what did I do with that day? Um, uh, okay. So now I'll talk about the levels. So I am, uh, a, uh, certified, a master practitioner of the energy leadership index. So what this index is, um, is uh, an index of seven levels, and it is, starts the bottom two are catabolic energy, which is a, a heavier, more judgmental, can be angry, can be uh, powerlessness. Um, and then the higher levels, three to seven, are what's referred to as anabolic energy. And that's much more productive, proactive, innovative, compassionate, empathetic, all of that great, great stuff. Um, the terminology is very intentionally not um, negative energy and positive energy because each of the levels has advantages and disadvantages. And sometimes we need, um, I'll explain it, but sometimes we need a little bit of that level two fire in our belly to move us up, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I'll explain what that means a little bit, but it's just sort of making the fact, making the point that, um, that all the levels serve a time and a place and a space, right? Mm. He is... How long are you staying at the lower level? And, you know, are you making sure not to sort of unpack? So um, in a nutshell, in a high level, and again, anyone can follow up with me to find out more of this um, and do an assessment because it, it comes with it and then you can see where, where your inner energy is. Um, the first level is um, sort, of, uh, sort of that um, victim status, um, sort of at the victim of things happening to us. We tend to feel powerless. Um, very lethargic, like you can even feel something happens and oh, you feel very like, mm -hmm. I don't have the energy for this. I can't do this. You know, I always try and I never get ahead. Right. So then you go to level two, level two is, um, categorized around conflict, right? So it's the, I'm going to win and you are going to lose. Right. And so it's resistance, it's forcefulness. It can be, um, all of that can be in your head. It doesn't necessarily mean you're outwardly 
angry person, but it can even be even worse if it all stays in your head. And so at this, at this level, people are all about black and white, right and wrong. I'm going to win this. You know, you ask somebody who's at level two energy, um, or when we're in our level two energy, you ask them something and it's likely going to be resistance or mm -hmm. frustration. Mm -hmm. Then we move up to level three, which is the first level of that anabolic energy I was mentioning. And so this is the first time. Um, so level one and level two, you're like this. So level three is the first time you look, okay, there might actually be something out there bigger than just me. Maybe this person or this situation, maybe there's another side to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you start to be able to rationalize and kind of like, okay, you can take responsibility in it. Like, okay, so maybe I did that, but they did this, right? So that a little bit of that level two still can still be there, um, but you're able to, um, to kind of rationalize it and, um, and move ahead a little bit, see the other side. Level four we go up to, and that's um, all about uh, uh, compassion and service to others. So when we can tap into our level four energy, or if we have folks who are primary level fours or in our organizations or in our life, they're the ones who are, they're the carers. They're kind of those, re the relationship knitters, right? They make sure everybody is, mm -hmm. um, is feeling good, people are taken care of. Just like you were describing earlier, those empathetic questions or empathetic um, conversations that you have. So the competency over an emotional intelligence is really served when you're in your level four. Right? We move up to level five, um, and that's all about opportunity. They're natural problem solvers. They're um, always looking for what, you know, if something, it doesn't matter if something goes right or wrong, because they can always do more. They can move it forward, right? So they're the ones who are, if you, if you take a problem to a level five leader, they're going to find a way to make it even better than it was before, right? And you can imagine how different that would be to than taking something to someone who's either a level two leader or in a level two mood, and you take a problem to them, Mm -hmm. there's going to be, you know, force, right? Or let even a level one, like, well, I didn't think it was going to work anyways, right? So you can see how mm -hmm. our energy really interconnects us to ourselves and others. Then we move up to our level six. Level six is all about visionary and innovation. So this is um, people who are, um, you're, you're just doing something like you could be, even when you're at home and, and uh, in your home office, Roxanne, and you're making something or crafting something, you're you're really using that creative energy. That's a real level six um, attribute. Um, and then level seven is, um, is not a level that people uh, live at. You don't have a primary level seven, uh, but you want to tap into that. That's where um, you're in your flow or you're in your bliss. It's where you are happiest, right? Mm -hmm. And so we really, we really need to know what makes us happy, what gives us peace and purpose. Because when we're in that lower level energy, which we all are, we need to get ourselves out, right? And so as a little, uh, as a little trick, trick of the trade, I'll, I'll say now when we're having those moments when we're level one or level two, we wanna reset because energy is contagious. So sometimes if you're in level one, then you have another level one thought and then you have another level one thought and now they're compounding, right? Or it's same with level two and now you're matter and matter and matter and you're it's all going here. So um, what we wanna do is pause, and break our own thought cycle. So I say, try to think of it from level three. So if you're having those level one, level twos, try to think of it from level three. What could be another perspective? What could be the other side? What's another way to look at it? Mm -hmm. right? If I was having this conversation with a friend or a loved one or my child, what would I tell them? Mm -hmm. Right. So that you're trying, you're resetting your own thoughts almost with possibilities of what else it could be. Right. And then it tends to help get us out of our, our selfness. <laughs> so 
So that's the, that's the index in a, in a nutshell, a very, very quick ver version of it, but, uh, um, but that's it in a nutshell. So let's talk a little bit about moving from catabolic to anabolic. So okay. I'm going to say that we vacillate most of us. Yeah, we definitely. I would say sometimes things are tough. We're down at one or two. Yep. And that's normal. Yes. But I'm going to think that most functional teams probably vacillate up and down from a three to say a five. Okay. Yep, three, to, three to five, three to six. Yeah. So let's say I'm a, I'm a leader and yeah. um, you know, I, maybe I'm inheriting a team Yep. and I'm starting. What are some of the things that I should be kind of looking at to almost gauge or get a pulse of my team and some things that I could do to help them along if I'm finding that they're at the lower end to uh, your, your um, metric there? So this is a fabulous question, and, and sometimes this is exactly what I'm brought in for. So this is where, we, uh, this is where it's really key to understand that um, higher levels aren't necessarily always better, right? And, and that all the levels serve their purpose. So if you're in a, in a period of um, big change management, little change management, anything, or if you have folks on your team who are at that level one and level two, what you want to do is you want to address it with a level three approach. Right, because if you start telling them from level six about no, it's amazing, or even level five, it's amazing. All these changes in two years, three years, we're going to be on fire. And they're like, "Listen, Roxanne, like that doesn't help me right today. Right <laughs> today, I don't like the change, or today I'm feeling scared about yeah. where I'm going to end up." Right. So what you want to do then is is use the the levels to your advantage. Use level three energy and say, you know what? Okay, so the in level three, the tagline is, I'm going to win. I'd like you to win too, but, but I'm going to win. So I being the leader and the change. That, that is going to happen, right? But how are you then seeing it from their side and having those really empathetic, so bringing over your EI competencies, those interpersonal, those healthy assertiveness, um, using all the EI competencies, staying at a level three and saying, this is how it is. Tell me about it from your side. How can I help bring you along, right? So you're, you're winning in that the change is going to happen. Um, uh, and so it's the, the, the win um, from an organizational perspective and the leader, um, their marching orders, if you will. But they're taking the time to understand that, that people need to come with them. Once you bring them over, and that could take a bit, right? And then that's when you're going to start getting triggered because then we switched into the, oh, why can't they just get it? Or, oh, do I have to have this conversation again? Which is so natural. Again, we don't want to, remember, we don't want to deny our own emotions and our triggers because then they're going to pop up somewhere else. Um, but it's having that consciousness, okay, I'm now having level two thoughts, back to level three, grounding myself as a leader or in my own life, I could be in the grocery store having the same conversation with a slow walker in front of me. <laughs> why are they walking slowly? Maybe they have a sore foot, <laughs> right? And have people on the highway cut in front of you. Maybe they're in a bigger rush than I am, right? It happens in a million ways in our lives every day. Um, but how are we seeing it from the other person's perspective? Level three becomes that key to making the decision to go in positive forward motion towards anabolic energy. Does that answer what you were, oh, you were asking there? Absolutely. And I often say that from, you know, my lingo is I want to get out of my head and get into your head because yes. if I can understand better what Leslie 
fear is or, or what, Absolutely. you know, maybe what your experience with change in the past was maybe less than positive and you're, you're in fear mode and I'm trying to understand what are the pebbles that I can pull out of you to help you along. Absolutely. And so this basically gives a really concrete framework and index. Um, people, when they hear energy or emotional intelligence tend to be like, Ooh, that sounds very fluffy and very new agey. Um, and so as you heard at the, uh, at the disrupt HR, I'm here to science the fluff up. Right. And, and they, these are the, these are the studies. This is the information and the science taking the fluff, if you will, from the sidelines to the forefront, because that's what's going to eat, eat you up as an individual or really eat your organization up in, in a potentially negative way. So what we want to do is really look at positive ways of, of uh, with intention, using this information as a concrete framework, right? For ourselves, for our teams, for our organizations, and for our lives. Absolutely. And I think it's something, it's a, it's a, Ready, um, emotional intelligence is, if I could say what I see it as, is uh, just being able to connect to myself so I can um, be aware of others around me and how I interplay with those people around me, regardless of the roles that I'm playing, whether I'm mom or I'm, uh, you know, leader or I'm colleague or I'm peer or Absolutely. I'm, you know, um, hockey mom or whatever, just really bringing that space within, within my world. You now, nailed it. That's exactly, Yeah. And, and sometimes that's difficult. And I'm gonna, yes. <laughs> and you know, I talk about authentic leadership, but yes. what, this, what, what, and there was a, just a study I read and I'm not gonna remember where I read it from that most, most frontline people are wanting their leaders to be more connected to themselves. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that is the first pillar of, um, of emotional intelligence is all about self-regard, emotional self-awareness, right? And, and really being able to, an emotional self-expression. You have to be able to know yourself and be confident and have that, that self-regard to be able to then withstand all of the stimulus that comes at you in a day, especially as a leader. And that can be a leader of your family. It can be a leader of your life. It can be, again, anything um, because so much comes at us. Uh, our central nervous systems are not set to withstand the, the level of um, stimulus that comes at us in modern day. We're, we're wired for like a hundred years ago, right? So we've actually stopped being mindful and knowing ourselves, right? Because we, we generally don't take pause. We don't as necessarily know ourselves because we're not taking the time to pause and be mindful of how things are even affecting us. So doing some emotional intelligence coaching um, and self-reflection really helps that because it gives us an opportunity to get to know ourselves. And, and uh, our inner growth truly drives our outer success. Absolutely. So yeah. what are some of the skills if leaders are listening and they're thinking, you know, I, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty mindful. Are there some kind of tips that you could give them, the ones that are listening to kind of start to maybe apply today yes. um, to, to enhance their EI? Um, or even, like I said, to eventually maybe reach out to you more if they're understanding what we've been talking about. Um, and I know that at any given point, 65% of companies are in flux. So there's always need always or uh, that ability to figure out ways to effectively connect. So what are some of the tips that you can maybe listen, uh, give to senior people or, or leaders listening? Absolutely. I would say, first of all, to really be understanding the point that your energy is your choice. 
right? So your emotional energy, what you put out is completely up to you. So in any given moment, be listening. Our bodies and our minds are always sending us the message on how we're feeling, right? So instead of glazing over it and thinking, you know, it's normal that my shoulders are up around my, my ears, right? It's not normal. So take a moment, put them down and think, what is it that made me tense, mm -hmm. right? What is it that makes me angry? What is it that's making me feel powerless, right? Because those are starting to speak to your triggers, right? And again, know thyself. So once you can know that, then you can start creating skills and competencies around addressing them. Like, okay, so I know when X happens, I react with Y. So I know I'm going to have to see X tomorrow. What can I do to own it? And it could be, I need to then look at it from a level three. What's the other side? Or I need to understand why is that a trigger, mm -hmm. right? So really start being very mindful of your emotions, even take an emotion, emotion journal, right? Doesn't matter if you're the president of a corporation or your front line, um, we all have emotions. That's us, right? We are emotional beings. So be, start being really mindful. And then, and then how is, as a leader, especially, how is that then being um, communicated to those around me? Because um, your energy is introducing you before you ever say a word. So you can say, oh no, it's not bothering me. But if your face is like this, everyone in the room knows it's bothering you. Or if you're a leader and you walk into a department in the morning and you're like, everybody's, everybody around you is being now impacted by that as well. They are going to be responding to that. And if you walk in um, sort of neutral, or if you walk in happy, people are going to be responding to that. What this doesn't mean is that you, it all has to be rainbows and butterflies and you have to walk in bopping with a smile on your face, right? Sometimes it just is having that transparency of communications, walking in and saying, it, this hasn't been the morning of my dreams. I'm just going to go into my office and do some quiet work while I regroup, right? Mm -hmm. Because then now everyone in your department knows, okay, it's not me. Because instantly, as soon as somebody comes in, we all start telling ourselves that story what did I do? Could it be me? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, really understand the impact you have on the culture around you. And something is as simple as, Oh, it's been a doozy of a morning. I'm just going to go and, uh, and, uh, take some, some breaths and, and regroup. Right. And, and then you make that, you make everyone able to be themselves in that situation. And then if they have a bad morning, just to say, okay, you know what? I just need five minutes. So transparency, really. Absolutely. So that if, if as, as the leader walking through the door, and I know I have those mornings sometimes. Yes, we all do. And, uh, and then they look at you as being, oh, well, he or she is really real. And, and you're being vulnerable enough to show yes. me that you are real. Yes. So that when I have those moments, I can always say, you know, can I, can I pause a little bit to your point? Can I, can I have a five? And then I come back and then I pivot and then I could go back to kind of functioning at the level that I need to. Absolutely. And really acknowledging that emotions are okay. I used to always say to my staff when I worked, I'm like, we are human first, right? You, you can't, don't apologize for it because we're human first. Now that doesn't mean come in as a level two every day and be like, ah, that is something we want to start flushing out. But the thing is that person might not even recognize that and realize, but to your point, we don't know what we don't know. So 
sometimes doing the assessments and really having that mm -hmm. deep, deep, deep dive into understanding what, what the index levels are, as well as what emotional intelligence is. It's really powerful information for people to say, oh, it's such an investment in your teams, in yourself to, to get to look at it and to talk it through in a very safe place. Can I ask a question? This is a, a bit of a pivot, but with EI and mental health, if you're, if you're dealing with people with mental health mm -hmm. concerns, what, what's the approach as the leader <clears throat> to kind of think about in reference to strategy if you recognize that someone's struggling? Um, so that's a really interesting question. <clears throat> so it would depend on um, if it was mental health in terms of a diagnosis, in which case that would be a referral mm -hmm. on, <clears throat> excuse me, um, as an ICF coach, we have a, um, a code of ethics. Mm -hmm. And within that, um, if I'm coaching somebody and I, set, and I um, come to understand that the person is, has a, a mental health issue, then I have a duty to respond to a, or to refer to a counselor. That doesn't mean they can't also have a coach. I, I actually work with quite a few people who have counselors and I'm their coach um, because we can work sort of week to week at small incremental goals while the counselor. Um, but if it's a mental wellness, mm -hmm. so not a diagnosis, but a mental wellness um, situation, then I would do the exact same. We would dig into the different sub-competencies, try to find the things that are triggering find where that's leading. So if they're triggering something, then we would look in the positive forward motion in the fast lane program, then there's a, a number of, um, there's 10 modules. And so within that, we find out, you know, where the energy is on a good day, on a normal day, uh, where we fall under stress, that generally falls to either level one or level two, because um, some things make us feel powerless and some things hop us up, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and then understanding where our values, when those are triggered, and then, and then what we can do with all of these to move us forward in a really lo logistical way. So removing the emotion from it, once we've addressed the emotion then, or the trigger, then having that level three real deep, deep dive into what could be other things. Awesome. So that's, that, that really helps me understand. Okay. So if, if it's someone that's needing, obviously, uh, professional help, you, you triage them accordingly. Absolutely. But if it's, if it's just... I'm vacillating, you know, between um, anabolic to catabolic and yeah. the sequences or things that I can do at that point, Absolutely. you're assessing it and, and, and yes. figuring out the next step. Yeah. And that's uh, kind of why I was saying a little bit about like an um, uh, emotional journal, because mm. sometimes we don't even know that we're going back and forth. Something's triggering us, but we're not paying attention to the patterns or we're not noticing the patterns. And so we don't actually, we just know, well, every day I get really irritated. Okay, but, but what's irritating? Well, I don't know. Okay, mm -hmm. so describe the situation, right? For me, I know when I'm in level one energy, my stomach gets upset. Mm -hmm. So now having practiced this for so many years, um, now when I get like that nervous tummy, I'll pause. And again, that mindfulness I was talking about, I'll pause and be like, okay, what just happened? What was I thinking about? Why do I have the nervous tummy, right? Mm -hmm. Five, six years ago, I would have just, I would have like, oh, and mowed right through it, not even a given in a second. That now I can assess it and say, okay, is that something for me to worry about? Or is it not? If right. it is, then what can I go and do about it? And if it's not, now I know what it is. And the nervous tummy's gone because I've addressed it. So it's really starting to just honor and pay attention to your thoughts and emotions 
to make you more effective in your life and in your workplace. So I like that, an emotional journal. Yes. Yeah. I, I like that. I like yeah. that. That's a strategy that I think could, could be implemented and could absolutely give such value. Yeah. I've gained so much in such a short period of time. And even though we've been chatting, I know we could spend more time. So Leslie, any final words? And I, I'm, I'm sure people are thinking, oh, what level am I at? And, and what can yep, I do? Yep. They probably have a lot of questions. So uh, tell them uh, any, anything you want to leave behind with us and where people can reach you so they can uh, connect and, and figure out what it would take to work with you. Amazing. Um, well, as you know, I can talk about this stuff all the time. I really like if I could get the whole world in positive forward motion, one person, one thought, one emotion at a time, uh, that would be my, uh, my most joyous contribution to the world. Um, <clears throat> uh, I can be reached at lesliecalvin.ca. So that's my website. Um, and then also Leslie Calvin coaching, uh, at gmail.com. Um, and just to note that um, I'm one of those unique spellings of the Leslie, which is with an E-Y. Um, so if you, if you try to search L-E-S-L-I-E, you won't find me. Um, but so L-E-S-L-E-Y. Um, as well, I'm on all the um, social channels. So um, LinkedIn, uh, um, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Um, as well as my programming around um, your energy, your choice. Uh, that can be done in workshops, that can be done one-on-one. -on -one. Um, emotional intelligence, I do it for um, intro, uh, emotionally intelligent communication, effective leadership, the emotionally effective leader, um, as well my proprietary program, which is uh, positive forward motion in the fast lane is um, uh, uh, six month or 10, it can be six months or one year, um, uh, 10 module, awesome program for a complete transformational um, uh, emotions and behaviors. Really, it's a deep, it's a deep dive into you um, to move you forward in your life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think I'm going to implement the emotional journal. Oh, I love that. That's great, yes. Roxanne. I, I love that. And uh, so, you know, I often say that uh, my, my tagline is that um, if you take care of people, you don't have to worry about the ROI because I call it return on relationships. So yep. if you're implementing some of the things that Leslie has shared with us today. Really, you're investing in your people. And the bottom line takes care of itself. So that's something that really got reinforced by speaking with Leslie today. So everyone, uh, if you're ever needing uh, more information on me, I'm Roxanne Durhodge. I'm a mental health and wellness specialist. And uh, you can reach out to me at RoxanneDurhodge.com. So Leslie, thanks again. And I'm sure we'll, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Roxanne. All right, take care. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit RoxanneDurhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.